And God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son. That's the gospel message, and that's what we're to be sharing with the world around us. I want to welcome those of you who are on our phone live streaming. Uh, welcome to you this morning. Glad to have you. If you need that number, uh, call the church office. See me after the service. We'll be glad to give that to you. Welcome to those who are on Facebook, on YouTube, on Twitter. Be sure to heart, to share, to like, to follow, subscribe there, uh, communicate there, share some comments there. Uh, let us know uh, how things are going uh, with you also. Uh, that just helps also to get the word out uh, more about our services there with their algorithms. If you have access to the church website, then I want to encourage you to go to highlandbaptistchurch.com. It's under the info tab. You can download today's worship bulletin. If you need these in person, they're at the doors. Uh, maybe some in the windowsills, but I know they're at the doors. Uh, so be sure to pick up one of those. A lot of upcoming activities. Uh, you can also download the children's worship bulletins there at highlandbaptistchurch.com. Those are in the windowsill to my right. If you have kids with you this morning, uh, you can pick those up. Even if they're going to children's church, pick those up for later uh, so that you can go over it with them about the sermon uh, from this morning. Uh, but I encourage you to pick those up and use those. You can print those off at home. You can send the link to anybody uh, that you want. And then also, also under that info tab, uh, you can also download the prayer list. I encourage you to do that as we just updated a lot of that this past uh, week. So uh, be sure to get that downloaded, be praying through uh, each one of those. But just wanted to say welcome this morning. If you're one of our first time guests, uh, we do have a bag here and I think a couple at the doors. I uh, want to encourage you to grab one of those uh, before you leave today. It's just a, a way we want to say welcome uh, to have you here with us this morning. Uh, it's got some things in it, some gifts in it for you, as well as some information about our church that we want to share with you. Uh, be sure to fill out one of the visitor's cards that's in front of you in the pew. You can do that by writing on it and putting that in the offering plate. Or you can scan the QR code uh, that's on that card, and you can do it online there. So just wanted to make you aware of that. Brother Mike, come and lead us, if you will. Good morning, church. Good morning. Psalm 100, verse 2 says, Worship the Lord with gladness. Come before him with joyful songs. Stand with us all right now, and let's serve the Lord with gladness and praise him through this song. Serve the Lord with gladness in the words and ways. Come before His presence with the songs of praise. Unto Him our Maker, we would pledge anew. Hearts of great devotion and service through. Yeah. 
you'll notice on the screen our missionaries of the week, Ben and Christy Prater, uh, and their story is there in your bulletins. I want to encourage you to be praying for both of them. Uh, it tells us there that they had received bad news from home, went to a little Jerusalem coffee shop uh, to process. Jose and his wife Juanita uh, were Spanish-speaking immigrants to Israel. That just... Uh, blows our mind. <laughs> that, but that's the way it is here in America. We have the world coming here and other nations have the world uh, coming there also. Uh, so th they were Spanish-speaking immigrants to Israel uh, working in this newly opened shop. Uh, by the time the Praetors had finished their cup of coffee, the two families had struck up a friendship. Uh, they began to share the gospel with them. Uh, the gentleman shared with them and said, I want that peace uh, that you have. Uh, Jose faced struggles as a new believer in a Jewish community, uh, but the Praetors were there to help, and they continue to reach out to others uh, throughout that area, throughout North Africa and the Middle East. And so we want to encourage you to be praying for Ben and Christy Prater, as well as all of our missionaries serving across this nation around the world, and even across our state here in Tennessee. So let's go to the Lord in prayer. Heavenly Father, thank you for the wonderful blessings that you've given to us. Thank you for your presence here with us this morning. Lord, we know that for you to hear our prayers, you've told us in your word uh, that you will not hear our prayers from on high if we are holding on to sin in our hearts and our lives. So we come confessing our sin before you. Lord, if there is anything that we have not confessed before you, Father, I pray that you would shine the light of the truth of your word into our hearts uh, to reveal those things to us, to convict us of our sin, that we might confess those things before you this morning. Father, we want you to hear our prayers, and we desperately need you to hear our prayers to answer in a powerful and mighty way. So cleanse us with the precious blood of Jesus Christ. Wash us as white as snow. Father, we especially want to lift up our missionaries this morning, Ben and Christy Prater, our missionaries serving overseas uh, through the International Mission Board, as well as those across North America and our North American Mission Board, as well as all of those serving across uh, Tennessee in our Tennessee Baptist Mission Board. So Father, we just pray that you would bless each one of them protect each one of them, keep, a, keep your safe hand upon them, Lord, and, and provide for their every need. Lord, we thank you for bringing people across the path of the Praetors uh, to share the gospel with. We pray that you'll continue, God, to help them to have gospel conversations as they connect with the people uh, there of North Africa and the Middle East, and especially there in Israel. So, Father, we just pray for your will to be done uh, and for, your, uh, for you to be glorified and honored in their hearts and in their lives. Lord, as we come to worship you this morning, morning. Lord, we know sometimes we come with a lot of burdens and a lot of cares in our hearts and our lives. And so we just want to come and bring all of those things to you this morning. We want to ask Heavenly Father for you to just lift those burdens off of us. Father, we pray that you'll fill us with the power of your Holy Spirit uh, to keep pressing forward one moment at a time, one day at a time. And Father, we just give this service into your hands and ask for your will to be done. In Jesus' precious name we pray. Amen and amen. Uh, let me just remind you, you can do your online giving there on our church website. Go to the far right-hand side, click the Give Online tab. You can do your regular offering. These are in your pews in front of you if you need those. Uh, if you need extras, they're at the back and at the front. We also still have our golden offering for Tennessee missions envelopes. I want to encourage you to still help us uh, to reach uh, that goal. Uh, as you'll see the total there uh, in your bulletin, so be sure to take the time uh, to look at that. And then also, just want to remind you uh, of some upcoming events that are happening today to start with. 
Uh, we have dinner after the service this morning, so please, please stay for that. If you didn't come prepared for that, that's okay. You have a hungry stomach after the message is over, stay for the meal. Uh, there's plenty of food uh, that is back there, so uh, you come and enjoy just the time of fellowship with us and food, and you'll receive a wonderful blessing. Tonight, we have our fifth Sunday sing. So if you want to sing tonight, I know there's some Awana kids that are going to be singing tonight. There's some other groups that are going to be singing. Uh, we encourage you to, to come tonight for a wonderful blessing. But if you want to sing or play an instrument, uh, let Brother Mike know, let myself know, so we can make sure we get you on the schedule uh, for tonight. And then also... Uh, don't forget that this coming Tuesday is our Trunk or Treat event. Uh, if you have not signed up to help us with that, please do. Even if it's in the littlest way, you may not think it's very much. If you're just helping to tote uh, some uh, hot chocolate back and forth, or you're helping to cook the hamburgers, or helping us with traffic control, or, or you want to help us with one of those trunks, you just want to bring your vehicle and a lawn chair and just sit there and help us, you might want to bring a coat and a blanket when you come because it is going to be cold. <laughs> but bring, we'll have some hot chocolate for you to warm you up. Uh, but bring those things. Uh, we've got plenty of candy. If you don't have candy, uh, but if you do want to bring some candy, you can do that too. Uh, please sign up on the paper on the board out here so we'll know how many uh, to prepare for as far as how we're laying out the vehicles and, and all of those things uh, for Tuesday. So I encourage you to take the time to do that. A lot of other things that are there in your bulletin, so be sure to take a moment and look at those sometime today uh, and sometime throughout this week and be prepared to serve in God's kingdom work. Brother Mike. Our God is amazing. Please join us as we sing, uh, I stand amazed in the presence. And I hate to not stand on this one. So if you would stand, stand again. Sorry, Jerry. <laughs>
while our choir is getting ready there. Uh, we're going to be singing a song for you this morning. want to encourage you. We've already started practice for Christmas, but it's not too late for you to come and to join us. We're practicing on Wednesday nights, about 30 minutes-ish uh, that we're practicing. So uh, come and join us. It's going to be a wonderful blessing. The kids are going to be singing also. They'll be practicing during Awana time. So bring your kids to Awana, uh, and they'll get plugged into the song that we're going to sing for Christmas for them. So pray for us this morning as we sing the answer.
children's church will be gathering over here on the piano side. And again, let's stand and sing, I gave my life to thee. Thank you all. Pat. Thank you, Ms. Gail. Take your Bibles this morning and turn to John 
chapter 19. We have one more verse left in the seven sayings of Jesus from the cross as we continue to press forward through the life of Jesus. I don't know if you know this, but this is the 125th message that I preached on the life of Jesus in this series. So it's been a long series, uh, but we're getting there. We're going to be uh, approaching the, the resurrection as we get close to Easter. Uh, and that's what's, uh, what this is all about, uh, what Christmas is all about. So what Thanksgiving uh, ought to be for us also. Uh, in that we uh, ought to be thankful for the salvation we have through Jesus Christ. So John chapter 19, verse 30, I've entitled this message this morning. Do you remember what the message title was last week, anybody? Somebody got it. Suffer well. Somebody was paying attention from last week. All the rest of you failed the test. <laughs> so, so this one's the same, but one word changed. Finished. Well, so it was suffer well last week, it's finish well this week. So John 19, verse 30, let's stand as we read God's word in honor of his word. When Jesus had received the sour wine, he said, it is finished. And he bowed his head and gave up his spirit. Let's pray. Heavenly Father, we want to thank you for your word this morning as we come to the very last words of Jesus from the cross. Father, I pray that these words will be moving in our soul, that your spirit would use them to bring those who are lost to faith in Christ, knowing that it is finished. Everything that needed to be done has been done through Jesus on the cross and his resurrection from the grave. All they have to do is to receive that free gift of salvation. But Father, I pray for those of us who are here this morning that we have that assurance already. We know Christ as our Lord and our Savior, but Lord, there are many things in our lives that if this were to be the last day of our life, we would leave unfinished. So help us, Lord, to live lives that we could say genuinely in our hearts and our lives when we come to our last dying breath to say, it is finished. I did all I needed to do. I said all I needed to say. I gave all I needed to give. So bless your word this morning. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen and amen. You can be seated. You know, there is nothing more satisfying in life than finishing something difficult that you've set out to do. I think it has been about three coming up on four years that I started a cabinet for our fireplace and I'm getting that close. I'm still not there yet. I will be so relieved when I get that thing finished. I finished the last wall the other day. Uh, I've got the top yet to finish, and once I finish that, it'll be completed. You know that experience. You know that in your lives where there have been those things that you knew once this is finished, a weight was lifted off uh, of your shoulders. Well, 2,000 years ago, Jesus said one word in the Greek, which are three words in the English, that changed everything and has the potential to change anyone forever. Think about what's been happening here. Jesus has been on a cross for six hours. For six hours, he's been the victim, the victim of the sins of the entire world. Not one sin 
did he commit in his life, and yet that is why he is hanging on the cross for sin, your sin and my sin. Uh, so here is Jesus for six hours who's been climbing the highest peak of every sin that's ever been committed or ever will be committed, but he's finally reached the top of that mountain. And he plants a flag in the shape of the cross, a flag uh, in those final seconds of his life, and he says those last three words in the English to us, it is finished. For six hours, he had been at work over, and, and now uh, he, he had been worked over. Uh, himself. He had been beaten. He had been flogged. He had had that crown of thorns placed into his scalp and pressed down. He had his beard that had been pulled on to pull it out. And now his work is over. And he dies with the mission accomplished. In, in those words and at that moment, he shares with us some things that we need to make sure that we have done, uh, that, that we have finished before we're finished. Uh, there are some things we need to finish in life before we're finished in life. And, and in those three words, I want you to hear uh, some of those things that we need to make sure we're finished. Here's the first. Finish your walk with God. Don't, don't give up. Don't get lackadaisical. Don't get lazy as you get close to the end of life. If any of us were to die today, uh, we would all die with some unfinished business. If the world were to end today, uh, you would see unfinished business everywhere. Uh, did you know that the Mount Rushmore, uh, that Mount Rushmore, that the sculptor who was named Gutzmann Borglum, he never finished his work? Did you know that? He originally planned to extend the figures of each president down to the chest area, but he died above their neck. Millions of tourists visit there and never realize that what they're looking at when you look at Mount Rushmore is an unfinished work of art. Let me ask you to think about this morning, even young people, doesn't matter what age you are in this life, think about this. What would you leave unfinished if you were to die today? Would it be a book half read, a letter half written, a bill not paid, a promise not kept? One day, every single one of us are going to leave this world with books we meant to read, places we wanted to see, things we intended to do, but only one person in all of history never left behind any unfinished business, and that's Jesus. From the time he was born to the time that he died, he followed the path that God his Father had laid out for him to walk. And he walked that path to the very last step of his journey. And God has a path, understand this, for every one of us who are here this morning. He has a path laid out for you, uh, for you to walk. A and we know what that path is. Do you remember uh, what the psalmist said in Psalm 23 and verse 3? He says, He leads me in the paths of righteousness for his name's sake. That is the path for every one of us who are here as believers this morning is the path of righteousness. He's laid out that path for us to walk. It's a right path, a path of righteousness. So he, he wants us to stay on that path until that path 
runs out. Now that path will lead you to different places. We won't always, it won't always lead you to success. There will be for some, some successes in life, but sometimes that path leads to sacrifice. Sometimes that path leads to suffering. In fact, Jesus' path was paved with suffering. I mean, think about it. There was the social suffering of being rejected by his own family, of being rejected by his own people. Uh, there was the physical suffering of crucifixion, the cruelest form of dying in the history of the world. And, and so there he is experiencing the physical suffering, the social suffering, and also the spiritual suffering, the spiritual suffering of bearing the weight of the world's sins and being totally separated from his heavenly Father. Understand this, whether the path is smooth or whether the path is rocky, whether it's an uphill path for you or whether it's a downhill path, whether it's easy or whether it's hard, for Jesus, Jesus finished his walk with God on the path of righteousness, and he wants you to do the same. So, so remember about Jesus. Jesus always walked the right direction. He always walked in the right places. He always walked in the right way. He always walked with the right heart. Now, I know there's a lot of things uh, that I won't ever finish, but there are some things that we all want to finish before we die. Some of those things I want to finish before I die is to continue uh, having a faithful marriage. For over three decades, I've lived faithful to my wife, and I want to die faithful to my wife. I want to finish a fruitful ministry. I want to always be a pastor of a church, of this church, but, but I'll probably always be in the ministry. Uh, I may not always be here, but I'll always be doing ministry. I want to die uh, being fulfilled with a fulfilled mission. I, I may not have accomplished everything that I wanted to accomplish, but I want to die accomplishing everything that God wants me to accomplish and to finish my walk with God. That ought to be the heart of every believer, and that ought to be your heart's desire every day of your life. Now understand this, there's going to be some things that you plan for off out there in the future. But make sure that you're doing the things here in and of today that you need to do today. Make sure that, that as a parent, you're living as a faithful example for your children every day. Uh, make sure that you're loving your spouse the way you ought to love your spouse every day. Make sure that you're being a picture of Christ to a lost and dying world around us. Make sure that you're sharing the gospel as God brings those people across your path to share with. There ought to be some things every day that you want to see finished every single day. Lord, as I get up this day, Lord, help me to finish the work that you have for me today. Secondly, finish the will of God. Jesus said in those three words, it is finished. Think about it one more time. It is finished. What's the natural question that comes from that? What is it? What is it? What did Jesus finish on the cross? 
Well, in two different places, he tells us. In John chapter 4 and verse 34, Jesus said to them, My food or my meat is to do the will of him who sent me and to accomplish his work. Now, that word accomplish that Jesus uses there in John 4, 34 is the exact same word that he speaks from the cross when he says the word finished. It is finished. Jesus had one thing on his plate all of his life when he was born, and that was to do the will of God for his life. Jesus had come to do the will of God, and he had just finished the work of God. When we die, the question is, did we do our will or did we do God's will? Did we finish what we wanted to do or did we finish what God wanted us to do? That's the most important things to finish in this life. If your things don't get finished, that's okay. But finish what God wants you to do. Was our life according to our will or was it according to His will? Understand that God's will for us is for us to do His will until our last will is read. You remember the words Jesus said to the Father in the Garden of Gethsemane? He said this in Luke 22 and verse 42 saying, Father, if you are willing, remove this cup from me. Nevertheless, not my will, but yours be done. So here's Jesus, who was, Jesus' will was to do the Father's will. No matter how high the cost, no matter how steep the climb, no matter how hurtful the pain or the sacrifice, that ought to be the desire of our hearts, that we want to do the will of God no matter what it costs us, no matter how much it hurts, no matter how painful it is, no matter how hard the climb, no matter how hard the sacrifice. One thing that mattered to Jesus, the one thing, was to finish the will of God. He didn't want to leave the will of God unfinished. And so here he's been hanging on this cross for six hours. The life is ebbing out of him. He's already cried out, I thirst, as we read last week. He's being suffocated by asphyxiation there on the cross as he's hanging there. And now he says, it is finished. The will of God is finished. It was God's will for him to save his people from their sins by dying on that cross, and he did it. Now, I'm sure there were some who thought that this was a cry of defeat when he says, it's finished. The Pharisees probably thought it, he was finished. They were thinking, well, we don't have to put up with this Galilean troublemaker anymore. The Romans, they probably thought, as he said, he was finished. But, well, another pretender to Caesar's throne has been put down for good. The disciples thought he was finished. They were probably thinking, well, it was a good run, fun while it lasted, we're going to miss him. They were all wrong. Because Jesus didn't say, I am finished. He wasn't saying, well, there's nothing more I can do and I have failed. Jesus says... It is finished. He's saying in those three words, I have done all that I needed to do, and I have succeeded in doing it. Understand this, no one was put on this planet 
to be a failure. Everyone was put on this planet to be a success. But success is not defined by Hollywood. It's not defined by Wall Street or Washington, D.C. It's not defined by how much money you have in your bank account or how big of a house you have or the kind of clothes you wear on your back or the friends that you have. Success is defined by God. And this is the key to success, that success is finding and fulfilling the will of God for, for your life. When Jesus says, it is finished, he didn't mean he was finished because in reality, he was just getting started. Because when you finish the will of God, here's the third thing that you'll want to do. Finish the work of God. Just before Jesus was arrested, remember he prayed for his disciples. And in this prayer he said in John 17 and verse 4, I glorified you on earth, having accomplished the work that you gave me to do. There again, you see that word accomplished? That's the same word, finished, that he cries out from the cross. One word in the Greek, three words in the English, it is finished. So God has given Jesus a work that only he could do, and he did it. Only he could redeem us and pay for our sins because it was only him who lived the perfect sinless life in our place to become the perfect sinless sacrifice in our place. Only he could satisfy the wrath of God for, for our sin. Only he could save his people from their sins. He finished the work that God gave him to do. The Greek word that Jesus used was very powerful, both in legal circles and in financial circles. Legally, it was important for a reason. If you were brought before a Roman judge and he pronounced you guilty of a crime, and he, the judge would prescribe the sentence and he would write out on a piece of paper called a certificate of debt. He would write all that out. On one side of that paper, he would write out the crime that had been committed. On the other side of this piece of paper, he would write out the penalty that that crime incurred. So when that person uh, was put into prison, this certificate of debt would be nailed to their prison door, and anybody who wanted to could come by and read it, and they could see what this person had done and what he was having to pay for his crime. When this man had done his time, and if someone came, or if somebody came and paid the fine, the legal authority would write over the certificate of debt this word, which literally means paid in full. They would then take that certificate, they would roll it up, they would give it to the prisoner, and this was his proof that the full demands of the law had been met. His debt was paid off. He was free to go. He would never be tried for that crime again. So when Jesus says, it is finished, what he's really ultimately saying is, paid in full. Paid in full. The debt of the sin of the entire world owes, uh, owes to God of every sin ever committed. Uh, all the sins of yesterday, today, and tomorrow. All of that is completely paid off by Jesus on the cross. And this verse is also 
in the perfect tense. Now, that may not mean much to you. Uh, you may have thought you're not here for an English lesson uh, or a Greek language lesson, but in the Greek language, this is the present te perfect tense, rather. Not the present tense, but the perfect tense. Uh, that's significant because the perfect tense speaks of an action that has been completed in the past but has permanent results continuing into the present and also into the future. In other words, when you think of past tense, that means this happened. It happened back here. That's past. The perfect tense says this happened, but it still has effects for today and on out into the future. Think of any fault that you have, any shortcoming you have, any sin that you've ever committed. And when you give your life to Jesus Christ, God stamps this word all over those sin debts, which means paid in full. Understand what that means. If on the cross Jesus said, paid in full, that means you don't have to pay it. It's already been paid. We don't have to pay anything else. We can't pay anything else. The one word, that one word means that salvation, means forgiveness, means that eternal life are all free gifts. There is nothing you can possibly ever do to earn that gift of salvation. So understand this. God's not trying to sell you forgiveness he doesn't offer forgiveness at a discount. There's no blue light special. Uh, there, there's no half-price sale. It, you can't split the cost. There's no down payment. There's no installment. There's no interest to your sins being forgiven. Salvation being offered, your soul being cleansed, it is finished. Salvation is a finished work. Say that with me. Salvation is a finished work. And yet so often we want to live as if it's not finished. As if there's something I still have to do to be saved. There's something I surely have to do to earn my salvation. It's a free gift though. Salvation is a finished work. We can't add anything to it. You can't take anything from it. You can't substitute anything for it. The greatest life ever lived ended with the greatest death ever lived that finished the greatest work ever given. And with this one word, Jesus let us know that for him, it was the end. It was closing time. He had finished the work that God had given him to do. In the Old Testament tabernacle, there was a lot of furniture, but there was no chair. You see, because the priest could never sit down when he was serving at the tabernacle. He could never sit down because his work was never finished. The reason was there was always another sacrifice to offer. Think about that. Every time a sacrifice was offered, somebody else had another sacrifice that needed to be offered. And another, and another. Always more bloodshed. Always another lamb to be slain. But here's what Hebrews chapter 10 verse 12 says. But when Christ had offered for all time a single sacrifice for sins, notice what he did. He sat down at the right hand of God.
Now remember that. The priest's work was never done. There wasn't a chair to sit down in because his work was never done. He had to keep offering sacrifice after sacrifice. But when Jesus offered that one single sacrifice for all of our sins, he sat down at the right hand of God. What an amazing picture to understand and to see. I read the other day an amazing story about the most incredible athlete, athletic victory of all time in the Olympic Games. It was witnessed by spectators in 546 B.C. It was a man by the name of, and I'm sure I'll butcher his name, but Arichiakon, uh, his, he, he was competing for his third consecutive championship in the Pancration event. You ever participated in a Pancration event? That event combined boxing and wrestling. During the match, his opponent had got him in a suffocating stranglehold. In a desperate attempt to escape that chokehold, he dislocated his opponent's ankle. In great pain, his opponent released him from that death hold and raised his hands, conceding the match. But just as his rival conceded defeat, Arichion, he died from asphyxiation. What were the judges to do? Who was the winner? The judges ruled that Arichion was the winner. And he became the only Olympic athlete in history who ever won the victory by dying. On the cross, sin nailed Jesus to that cross. Death had Jesus in a stranglehold. But what does the Bible tell us? Jesus took the sting out of death. And Jesus sat the power out of sin. And he finished off both of them once and for all with those words. It is finished. It's been finished for you. Nothing else for you to have to do but to receive the free gift. How do you do that? All you do is call out to God and you acknowledge to Him that you're a sinner. And in acknowledging him, to, to Him that you are a sinner, you, you realize that, that there's nothing you can do to save yourself, that you need a Savior. And so you confess to Him uh, that I believe in Jesus and what He did for me on the cross, He paid it all. It is finished. He did it all for me. I believe in what Christ did for me on the cross, that he was buried in the tomb and arose on the third day. And then you call out and ask Christ to come into your heart and to save you and to help you to live for him the rest of your life. And when you call on him as Lord, when you, that means that you're surrendering to him as the Lord over your life. He's Lord whether you do or not, but you're surrendering your life to him. The Bible says you will be saved. Would you do that this morning? If you're here as a believer, let me encourage you. It's finished. It's finished. You don't have to live like it's not finished anymore. 
Live in the victory that you have in Jesus Christ. And let me encourage you to do this, to make sure that not only are you thinking about those things off out there in the future, that you want to make sure you get finished before you die, make sure that every day you're living that way. Lord, that when I come to the end of this day, if this is my last day, if I breathe my last dying breath this day, Lord, let me have done everything I needed to do. Lord, help me to have said everything I needed to say. Lord, help me to have given everything I needed to give. Lord, help me to have gone to the places I needed to go. Lord, help me to have spoken to the people I needed to speak to. Help me, Lord, to do your will. Let's pray. Heavenly Father, thank you unmeasurably from our side that it is finished. Lord, that there's nothing else we have to do, nothing else we could do if we wanted to. It was all done by Jesus. He finished the walk. He finished the will. And he finished the work. And he left an example for us to do the same. Father, I pray that as believers here this morning, may we be encouraged to finish life well. Lord, that one day when we come into your presence, having done everything we needed to, said all we needed to say, gave all we needed to give, went where we should have went, spoken to those we should have spoken to, Lord, may we be able to hear those words, well done, thou good and faithful servant. Enter into my kingdom. But Father, I pray that if there are those who are here this morning that they have yet to receive Jesus as their Lord and their Savior. Father, I pray that as we shared with them a moment ago, they would do those things. They would acknowledge their sin before you. They would believe in what Jesus did for them on the cross and his resurrection from the grave. And Lord, that they would confess him as their Savior and their Lord. And may you cleanse them and save them and help them, Lord, to come and to publicly profess that faith in Christ. Lord, we ask for your will to be done this morning as we give everything we have and all that we are in this invitation to you. In Jesus' name we pray, amen. As we stand, as we sing our hymn of invitation number 315, Room at the Cross, there's room for you. Will you come this morning as we stand for the mic?
gonna come and share our announcements with us. Don't forget the meal and stay for that afterwards. Thank you, thank you. We're almost finished. You get it. It's been a good Sunday. If you're glad to be here, say amen with me. Amen. amen. Okay. Uh, Terry Stone has an announcement. While she's coming, I'm going to read an announcement that Ms. Smith just gave me for Awana. Uh, Awana needs substitutes, uh, cleanup crew for the kitchen after Wednesday night meal. That's from 6.15 to 6.45. Uh, Awana kids meet in the sanctuary at 5.30 tonight for practice for the Sunday night scene. And if you're available for a substitute or a cleanup crew, see Linda Smith. And Miss Terry has an announcement now. It is Operation Christmas Child Time. Uh, we have boxes on both sides of the stage that you can pick up and take home to fill. Uh, our Awana kids will start packing shoe boxes this Wednesday. So if you have any items that you've been waiting to bring, if you can get them to the church by Wednesday night, uh, we'll make sure they make it in a box. We also have a sign-up sheet outside of Matt's office on the missions board uh, for people that want to help when we start loading these trucks and when we start bringing shoeboxes in from other churches and other groups, they bring them in. Uh, there's a variety of different times. Uh, just it's, it's a wonderful blessing. So if you want to see the rest of Operation Christmas Child other than packing, sign up and come help us work. Thank you. Okay, in our announcements, I have two be there's, uh, four prayer requests, and then we're going to say a blessing for our food and close out with a word of prayer. So hold on with me for one second here. The first be there is if you're on the building and ground committee, uh, you need to meet at the piano for a minute after church. So be there. The second one is if you're on the missions team, they need to meet in the conference room after church for a couple of minutes. So if you're on the missions team, be there. I have four prayer requests. Jack Dowd has uh, stage two leukemia. We need to remember him in that battle. Rick German has back surgery scheduled this week. Jeff Dodson, who is Kim's husband, is doing better, but is still in the hospital for two more weeks. And Christopher Norman is in a C-130 as we speak, headed towards Europe. Uh, with his crew and we need to remember him and his crew for safety we do have fifth sunday dinner with baked ham and all the sides and all the desserts and all the goodies up the hallway up the ramp to the left we hope you'll join us for that and at this time we'll close with prayer and our blessing for our lunch so if you'll join me in a word of prayer most gracious heavenly father again we just approach you lord and thank you lord for the blessing of this day Thank you, Lord, that we can gather in your house, Lord, and open up your word and uh, uh, prayerfully uh, study it and be open, Lord, to your will for our lives. Uh, Lord, we thank you for our families and our friends and our uh, church family here. We pray now that as we go together uh, and enjoy a meal, that you would just bless that time, Lord, and the food that we're about to eat. Help it nourish our bodies and make us better examples for thee. In Jesus' name we pray, amen. Amen.